Ferraz community, this is Business Unusual. We've been talking about Mighty Men of David, more so in the context of the season that we are in, where God has said you will experience my power to create wealth. Like the children of Israel, when they crossed over from the wilderness into the promised land, they walked in the season of the harvest. This is something that they had not planted but God tells you when you come from this season, as long as you're walking in his word, you will enter the land in yep. the season of harvest. Now we're in the season of harvest and we're asking ourselves, how do we walk in this place? Now let's remind ourselves of what we talked about last week. Now one of the things we said yeah. is that David represents God's prophetic word whose time has come for execution. So when we say that we're in the season to experience God's power to create wealth, we are simply saying that this word he has given us is our David. It is the word we are anchoring ourselves on to walk in this time, in this season, and to execute, to do. And when we talk of the mighty men, we are talking about the mentality that is required to ex execute this proceeding word. So David is the word. The mighty man is the mentality. We've talked about form and function. If you're joining us for the very first time, you can check that on our YouTube channel, form and function. It's up there. Now, last week, we saw that Jashobim, Jashobim, one of the mighty men of David, is a representation of establishing the victory that we already have in the areas that God has given us authority. Mm -hmm. Now, when you talk about our jurisdiction, we are saying that God has sent us in, he's given us the authority, and we must take those places. Now, that's the mentality of Jashobim. Mm -hmm. We also talked about Eliezer, the man that was with David in this place where they were facing the Philistines. But this is a mentality that stands its ground against any flesh-based reasoning or experience. Yep. When we talk about entering into the land, we are yes. saying that there's no flesh, there's no carnality, there's mm. no natural experience that can lead you in the land. Now we are destroying that mentality. Mm. That is Eliezer. Now that would, when we talk about the mighty men of David, mm. that would give us the context of how to enter this season and maybe you can also continue yes context. Yeah. and i think the power of that is like you've said david is a picture of the preceding word and the mighty man is a mentality that is required to execute it yes and, and the power of that is that we are talking about the interface between the divine and the natural mm -hmm. where god's word becomes a reality and every time god's word becomes a reality in the earth there's only one time that God's word became a reality mm -hmm. without man. And that was pre-Adam. Mm -hmm. Genesis 1. That's it. When God <laughs> said, let the earth, let, 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 let. Mm. Once Adam showed up, God's word requires a human interface mm. to bring to pass what God is saying. What does that tell you? It tells you God is not going to recreate the material. But God is going to work with man to produce using the created material. Mm. So here is man. Yes. Here is material. Yes. God did not create man to come and leave the earth as he found it. Exactly. He said that, listen, yes. I want... You know, when you ask yourself, when God says, let's create man yes. in our image after our likeness, what was exactly. the reason for that? Yes. Why was he creating man? There was a reason. And that is why you're saying that yes. when you take man and the yes. material, yes. man is supposed to always make the earth better exactly. and better exactly. and better. And God deliberately put material in its raw form mm. oh, so yes. that man can co-create with him. Mm. So once we understand that context, it means that means from now on, when God releases a word, any word God speaks, and, and I want to stay on this just a bit to oh, yes. frame us in. When God spoke into the earth, he created everything. We said he created time, he created space, great material using energy. All this were created by God. Then he places man in that environment. That tells you everything in that environment came originally from God's word, but God deliberately left a certain dimension of it to be completed, for lack of a better word, yes. by man. And I think when you're talking about, let's take an example, yes. when you talk of diamonds, yes. when you see diamonds in their raw form, exactly. and God tells you, now, if you take this diamond, yes. you can't just make one item no. out of this. Yes. With there your creativity, multiple. if you take my mind and tell yourself, Thank I'm you. created in the image of God, yes. you will see what you can do with just diamonds. Exactly. And the more we do it, mm. guys, you know what is funny? We, 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 and I've heard this preach and I've preached it before. And most of us are waiting to see God's majesty in heaven. 
God's majesty in heaven has got no reflection of his majesty in the earth. I'll say that again. Yeah. God's majesty in heaven, whatever we will see in him, has nothing to do with what he created for you to see. So it means creation, as we create with it, co-create with God, take the diamond, put it into something, create something, create value, that is where we are supposed to marvel at God's wisdom. In creation, when we see how many dimensions come out of creation, we have to ask the question, what kind of God is this? Who put all this potential in mm. this? Yes. And every time we listen to him, we turn it into a new dimension. Mm -hmm. That's where the real so majesty is. So when you talk is. about, um, for example, now you talk of technology, yes. it's when God, when you tap into God's mind, yes. or God's intent for this season, mm -hmm. he gives you something that if you do it in the earth, exactly. it actually leaps exactly. months, months existent into the next level. Exactly. So God's word mm -hmm. is present and future. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it produces in the earth into the future what he said it is. <laughs> Please say that again. <laughs> God's word? God's word mm -hmm. is present and future, meaning... Yes. He speaks it, you hear it. Yes. Its outcome is not yet when you hear it. Okay. Its outcome is in your future, but its outcome is not in understanding it, it's in producing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm hearing as you're saying this? Yes. I'm hearing that when you talk of the body of Christ, when you come to church and ask the church, what do you want? The church will always tell you, I want money. Mm -hmm. When you ask the church, now what? When you talk of money, what is it that you want to do with money? Thank you. I want to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. Now, do you realize that is a consumer mentality? Yes. Do you realize when you talk about, I just want money to go and buy this and to go and pay for this and go and pay for school or rent or house and do this? It's just about consumerism. Yes. Yes. Now, when you talk about being a son of God, yes. God is expecting us to create. Thank now, you. you cannot create if you have a consumer mentality. And you must understand, mm -hmm. in God's economy, not in man's economy, Okay. in God's economy, Consumerism is solved with provision, hmm. not with wealth. <laughs> God solves provision, yes. so you can consume and live. Then God talks of wealth. God gave Adam everything. He said, eat freely, have this. Having done that, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Hmm. Do you realize we've so fallen, we think that the beginning is the end mm, the provision thank you when god tells you you can eat this freely yes you can have of all the trees yes. you can have for herbs i've given you for meat for meat for you yes for then, you but from be there fruitful. he tells you be fruitful he repeats the same thing to noah, noah. and in fact i like the noah part <laughs> because in noah he adds you can even eat the creatures mm. so let's solve the eating <laughs> problem okay now that you've had creatures in the in the ark you're free now to eat now let me ask you <laughs> when you talk about it's our season to experience god's power to create wealth yes we are saying that to experience the wealth or exactly. the power to create wealth yes you've gone past provision exactly now that is a statement that if you make in the body of christ the majority of the body of christ yes. it's almost like it's offensive now where somebody cannot see life past bills let me let me let me take a statement coming off that that is a famous positioning statement and it's a statement that comes from luck not from increase but it sounds like increase it's when we say so how much can you eat how much can you wear how many beds can you sleep in right mm -hmm. and the mindset is have one bed to have sleep one house in, have one house to live in have one food to eat in because the assumption is that because there's so much poverty in the earth, mm. you have that so you can share with the others. Not understanding that there's so much abundance in the earth, mm. but there are so many poor people in the earth. Let's oh, separate those two things. Say that again. There's abundance. There's abundance in the earth, mm -hmm. but there's poor people. So what happens, we want you to extract some of the abundance and share instead of have everybody access the abundance. Different mentality. So God deals with provision. When God talks of wealth, it is so interesting that the point at which God discusses wealth is at the point when you are post-eating 
and living and sleeping. And he puts them in plural, and it's very weird. He says when you have eaten and have built houses, plural, and have lived in them. I mean, listen, by the time you, you eat, build beautiful houses and live in them, this is God is not under pressure on you doing those things. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> when God told them that statement, yes. were they in beautiful houses? Not yet. Had they eaten and they were full? Not yet. So are they, were they like us? You see? Because many people yeah. almost feel like you're not talking to me. Yes. Because I have not eaten, I'm yes. not full, I have not built houses. God talked to them yes. before they before. did those things. And he said, after those things happen, mm -hmm. do not forget that I gave you power to create wealth. He didn't say, mm -hmm. do not forget that I gave you power to eat. So, God is talking to you in your current status. Yes. And he's telling you, a yes. time is coming. Yes. If you receive my word yes. and you walk with it, you will yes. enter the land. Yes. If you enter this land, this will happen. You yes. will build houses and you will be um, beautiful houses and you will live Absolutely. in them. Absolutely. So when he's talking to you, stop looking at yourself and saying, I, I, I totally don't disagree with this word. Because when I see where I am, I don't see how I'm going to fulfill the things you're talking about. So God is talking to you from where you are. Now, the only requirement, mm. believe. You know, believe. It's, it's, you've raised a very interesting statement. I disagree with this word. You know, I don't know where we got the idea that that matters. We have this thing that if I disagree with God, then things are not, not going happen. to work out. If I don't agree with a certain scripture, then that stops the truth of that scripture. You, listen, you are free to disqualify yourself, but don't be in the habit of trying to stop people who've qualified themselves. Wow. So God has spoken, yes. I've received the word, you and I'm hearing myself in yourself. that word. Because most of the time yeah. when the word comes, the first question is, do I hear myself in it? When God says you shall eat, you shall be full, yes. do I hear myself there? Or even before he goes to the next one of houses, I've already disqualified myself. Yes. When you talk of eating, I will not struggle. I will, my children will not go hungry. You're already disqualifying yourself. Yeah, so yeah. the first thing is you ask yourself, can I hear myself in that That's statement? It. When you hear us talking with so much um, passion, is because when God says, I'm giving you power to experience, uh, power to, what is that? To the power to produce wealth. To produce wealth. Create wealth. To create wealth. I'm giving you power to create wealth. We hear ourselves. And when I hear myself in it, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is it I'm hearing? What am I supposed to be doing? What is in my hand that God can use to give me that power to create wealth? Yes. I hear myself. So the first question we are asking TCC is, though we have come into this place of the land, there's always another level in God, yes. another level in God. In this new level, are you hearing yourself? Can you see yourself? Can you hear God talking to you? Can you hear yourself repeating what God is saying to you? Know, there is no instruction in scripture to become poor. There's no scripture that says, become poor. There's no scripture that says, it is good for you to be poor. There's no scripture that says, God desires for you to be poor. Why do we create, debate, and argue something we can't find in scripture when we are offended by something else we find in scripture that we don't agree with? Well, it doesn't make sense. Today... We continue with this discussion yes. on the mighty men of David, yes. the mentality that is required so that yes. we can be able to beat those mentalities. Exactly. Those and, mentalities. And please understand, because we teach scripture and we teach Bible and we teach a lot of patterns, this is one time we are not doing a study on David's mighty men. Mm -hmm. This is one time our focal point is to extract power principles because these men were working on the end point of a promise. Mm. They were functioning on a prophetic word. They were operating in the space that God said the power to create wealth. So the mighty men of David fall under the ambit of capacity, power to create wealth. So the more we extract for them, the more we are switching on the power hmm. to create wealth. Hmm. So if you understand that, you really go for the extraction, not for the knowledge. So to end up with the extraction. And like you're saying, when yes. you're looking at the mighty men, yes. we must always remind ourselves mm. that the power to create wealth is a process. Mm -hmm. It is not magic. It's a process. Yes. So the first question will always remind you. This question will always appear in all our broadcasts as long as we're talking about power to create wealth. Yes. What are you doing 
with your hands. That's what right. is it that you're engaged in that God can say, I'm blessing the work of yes. your hands. When I give you power, it finds you with capacity to do something. Yes. What is the doing? What is it that you're doing? You will always hear that. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> and this series is not adequate to capture all oh. the mighty men in yes. So we are going to get highlights, one key ones that we feel God, God's spirit tagging towards as current environments that may actually speak to you prophetically. Things that actually have life for you to move into. So that's why we pick specific ones and highlight them. First Chronicles 11, yeah. 22, 23. Yes. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of valiant man from Kabzil, but had done many deeds. Who had done many deeds? He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a man of great height, five cubits tall. In the Egyptian's hand there was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff, wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Now this is an interesting mighty Sounds man. Sounds like a movie. The man did many things. And, and, and it's important for us to understand a picture of this man. Why, why, why Beniah stands out to me powerfully? Mm -hmm. It's because there are certain aspects that are highlighted about him that are very unique to him. First of all, he's the first one that his father is mentioned. Mm. The son of? Yes. The son of Jehodiah, the priest. So, listen, if you understand biblical lineage, Beniah was a Levite. Because in the Old Testament, you can only be the son of a priest because your father is from the tribe of Levi. Levi yeah. So how do we get a tribe of Levi guy who is a warrior? We always thought the Levites are people who are just praying the Thank whole day. You. People who are just Thank seeking you. God concerning the nation. Yes. <laughs> so that tells you that Beniah himself is a picture of a Melchizedek mentality. King priest, ability to function with both dimensions. He is the son of a high priest, who the Bible says is the son of another mighty man. What a lineage. Yes. So this guy is operating from a dynamic that he's, he understands how to operate vine and fig. For those who know what we're talking about. He's able to operate king priest. He's able to function in both dynamics and that is why his execution is on another level. Completely. What does that tell you? Like we keep saying, you must be able to stay connected to God. And yet, like you said earlier, mm -hmm. function. Adam walked with God, yet Adam worked. That's the picture we are dealing with now. That's the battleground of Beniah. Now, let's look at some of the highlights of, of, of what Beniah did. Man is serious. He killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Now, <laughs> I had to go into history to really study this. And the, the picture you get in scripture, even the terms that are used in this scripture, talk about in, the, in those days when somebody was like our version today of a seal or a special forces. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the, the, the best way to describe them, they were lion-like. Meaning these people had... They were warriors of the highest level. They were skilled in a dynamic never before seen. They were deadly in their operations. He didn't take one. He took two. So what does that tell you? It is a picture now. Let's go to the metaphor of a lion. One of the metaphors of a lion is found in the book of Proverbs when we talk about the lazy man. Okay. We say the lazy man doesn't go out because he says there's a lion in the street. Mm -hmm. So this picture of Beniah is a person who looks at problems as challenges. Mm -hmm. In other words, a warrior is coming at you, but looking at the, he didn't see them as a problem. He saw them as a challenge. This means this is somebody who's got the capacity to take on seemingly impossible tasks. Wow. Seemingly impossible, impossible tasks. tasks. And he takes them on head on. So you know, it's, it's funny that you, you read one part where it says he kills two more black warrior, lion-like warriors, then he goes and kills an actual lion. Mm -hmm. So it, this guy is weird. And, and when he kills this lion, the Bible says, in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. The Bible is not joking. On a snowy day. There's a reason yes. that it's there. Yes. Why are you talking about a guy who will take on cha impossible challenges? 
Now, why is that important? Mm -hmm. Bible says, they who observe the wind will not sow. Because mm. you're sitting here telling us how it is the season for the, season is wrong. the rain has not come. This is not the time to do ABCD. Exactly. God is telling you, if you observe the wind, yes. you will not So, so listen, listen to the con complexity. Mm -hmm. Biblical scholars have a very good, uh, interesting debate mm -hmm. about what they're mm -hmm. calling the two sides of Benai. Yes. The one side, they say that, of course, he was hunting this lion, he wounded it, it got into a pit, and he still jumped in to kill it on a snowy day. What a dangerous day to hunt a lion. Mm -hmm. But there are others who say, as you check his character later, the kind of heart he has, it is possible that the lion was injured in a pit and he knew it was going to suffer. So he got in to kill it mm -hmm. to take it out of its misery. to look at it. Yes. Yeah. So either way it tells you the kind of heart mm -hmm. this guy has, but it also simply means he will take up opportunities that may seem risky, even places where people think he will fail. Mm. That's where he pursues. Because when somebody sees yes. him going into the pit, yes. somebody will be like, okay, wait, 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 leave it. The lion is already in the pit. It will yes. not come out. It's already yeah. wounded. Why would but he tells you, risky. Yes. So what is it that God is telling us in this yes. season? Pursue the lion, even exactly. though it is wounded. Go in. Yes. Finish it. You cannot yes. sit here and say there's a lion in the street. The weather is not, not rocking. This season the is, weather not, is good. not good. The sales, sales, sales are not good. News Economies are, are crashing. News. Things are happening. Ah. Don't wait until it stops snowing. Even That's the principle. Hmm. Do not put off potential victories hmm. until everything falls into place. Wow. <laughs> Don't do that. Do not put off yes. potential victories, victories until everything is perfect yes. in your life. There yeah. are many people watching now and they are saying that I want to start this thing. Even though you've yes. been telling me to look for something to put in my hand so that God yes. can bless me, yeah. I'm waiting. I'm yeah. waiting to for, hear for, for this. The best I'm opportunity, waiting to see. For the right opportunity. Listen. Wow. This is how we move in kingdom economy. Mm -hmm. The season is right because God said. Mm. The season is not right because everything looks mm. ready. That's the battleground. Yeah. So he stepped out. He did this because he did not, he was not um, intimidated by the climate, the weather, or the lion. So the situation, mm. the mm -hmm. season, didn't stop him yep. from achieving that which he was ready to do. That is us. We're not then being stopped I, by anything. Yes. When people say, you know what, with the war that is going on, everything is, uh, prices are going up and this will happen. That's we, when I do it. We do it. That's when when do God it. gave us a word and said, you're in the land, yes. pursue, overtake. We will do it That's because it. we go with the word, the sound of heaven, exactly. not the sounds in the earth. Exactly. Yeah. That's a picture. So we're still looking at Benai, mm -hmm. interesting man. The, the other part of him, it says that he killed an Egyptian of great height. Mm. The Bible, I like how the Bible puts things. He didn't just kill an Egyptian. An Egyptian. <laughs> the man one was of great height. Yes. The man had the spear the size of a beam. You know what a beam is? Mm -hmm. A beam is a pillar. A beam is something that supports a house. Mm. So That was his spear. <laughs> now, let me tell you. The, the, the cubits mentioned there, if we're talking about feet today, we're talking about seven and a half feet. Mm. These guys would have played in the NBA. <laughs> this was a giant in simple terms. Yeah. And what did he have in his hand? A staff. Yeah. Oh, by now, surely you know what that is. Moses, what do you have in your hand? A staff. A rod. Your staff, your rod. We've talked about that. Thank you. What was the picture there? My proceeding word. Egypt. Carrying a spear. What it was a spear was authority. The Egyptian is coming to you with authority. Systems are telling you this is the way things are done here. And remember when you talk of Egypt, remember yes. we're talking about form and function. Yes. This is a picture of bondage. What is that thing that bring come to take you yes. with authority and brings judgment of bondage? You're coming into bondage. When you come here, this Egyptian is talking of bondage. Yes. What are you saying? Took the spear. Yeah, took the spear out of his hand and killed him with, with it. it. Okay. With his own yeah. How do you kill an Egyptian with his own spear mm. when he's mm. actually come to kill you with it? Mm. So he took the staff, went with his staff, the word he's carrying, took the authority of the Egyptian, killed him with that same authority. Meaning, let's go back to Egypt. The same Red Sea that mm. was a rescue for Israel is the same Red Sea that drowned the Egyptian. Mm. 
So this is the principle of whatever it is that the enemy thinks is his authority and is his power actually belongs to us. And when the enemy yes. comes with authority, yes. it's fake authority, it's, it's counterfeit authority. authority. Yes. But if you do not understand your authority yes. in God, you will be scared. Exactly. You will think this is an Egyptian, he has a spear. That's it. And you're being told, listen, that spear, that authority and judgment is coming to you by, yes. is not supposed to be in his hand. Yep. He took it. But you know what? He realized yes. it is me yes. who is supposed to have the spear. Let's take a, a scenario. Yeah. Maybe you're dealing with a project. Maybe you're dealing with with a contract, maybe you're dealing with, with a, um, something you're supposed to be producing, whatever it is. And you're being told, listen, the way things are done here, the system, the way it hmm. is, the authority here says, there's no other way to do it except our way. If you don't go our way, And our way is totally against exactly. God. So what does he do? He turns it around and says, listen, I'm the most qualified. I come with the staff. My staff in my hand is more powerful than a spear in yours. Mm. When I have the proceeding word, nothing can stop me. Yes, so Sometimes you see things like, this can't work. That's yeah. what everybody is saying. Yeah. But I know it will work yes. because it's not me working it, That's but it, it is the word of God, yes. my instruction that God has given me. There you go. When I go, it will work. It yep. will change everything that needs to be changed for things to work. And you know the funniest thing? He kept the spear. After killing the Egyptian. <laughs> he took over the authority. He yeah. became the new territorial spirit. And then he makes Solomon king. Exactly. This guy is amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, Benaiah goes past David. Okay. When it is time for Solomon to be king, a lot of funny activities begin to happen. There is a, a mischievous son of David who tries to become king. Mm. And gets himself swear the skin. Is that Adonijah? That's Adonijah. Okay. And uh, they say Adonijah was good looking. In other words, somebody preferable mm. to mm. the people. Mm. All right? When that happens, David is still alive. David sends Benaiah with Solomon to go and parade him and take him to be anointed as king. Mm. Benaiah is not only the military guy who makes sure he, it looks like he creates a special forces division around Solomon, Solomon, makes sure he arrives, he is made king, he goes beyond that. Mm. He goes and wipes out all the people who are standing against Solomon. Mm. What does that talk to us? What is it This us guy today? tells you something. This guy must see the word accomplished. He will not see the word interfered with. Mm. He will not see a situation where situations are beginning to arise and this is not going to happen. He even wants to see the word of God move to the next generation. Mm. In other words, not only this generation benefits, but the next generation begins to see it. He protects. So there was a word that Solomon would be king. Yes. There was a word. Yes. And that word must become. Exactly. And this guy is saying, listen, I'm the one who is going to make sure yes. this word that Solomon becomes. Yes. Now, what is the word we have? Remember, I always take things back to us. What is the word I'm holding on to and saying, listen, yep. God has said this. He has says, said it is our season. Uh -huh. We are coming into the place of harvest. Yes. He's saying your belly is ready. Yes. What is it that God has said? Uh -huh. Because Benaniah mentality yes. is the mentality that takes this whole word and says, listen, we are going to see it become. Absolutely. That's the mentality we and, have. And this guy mm -hmm. has got a transgenerational capacity. Oh. Why do I say that? Mm -hmm. He made sure David was made king. Remember? Mm -hmm. He was a mighty man around David to make David king. king. He became a mighty man around Solomon to make Solomon king. king. What kind of capacity is that? Hmm. The ability to make sure that that word is transferred to the next generation intact. Oh, yes. To make sure that there are things God spoke that happened in David's time. There are things God spoke in David's time that had to happen in Solomon's, Solomon's time. time yes. And he made sure that was established. In fact, in Solomon's day, again he protected Solomon and got rid of everybody that tried to interfere with the processes God had spoken. Mm -hmm. What kind of a mentality is that? That's, That's the mentality we, we want. Benaya. Somebody who will oversee the fulfillment of a proceeding word even to the next generation. In fact, he was a mighty man of David. He was the general of Solomon. He was the head of the army. He's the one who became the most powerful guy in the season of Solomon's army. And we know in Solomon's army was an army of wealth. Remember what we're talking about here. Yes. We started by saying that David is God's intent 
for the season. Yes. And it must be executed. Yes. This is a guy who stands up and says, this word must become. Exactly. There's a word that has been spoken in Solomon's time. Yes. We are standing up to say there's still that mentality that says, whether it's David or Solomon, Whoever as long as God authority. has spoken, yes. we are we were in a season where we were saying yes. that God will give us Absolutely. power. We are in a season where we are saying God has given us David yes. and Solomon. Yes. We are having the mentality of this word must become. Yes. He stood to make sure it becomes. He oversaw it mm. to the end. Mm. And then that gives you a picture of how every mighty man or every mentality, think of them as Remember they came to Hebron, Hebron yes. to make David king, the place of collaboration and the place of covenant. So don't see them as disparate pieces. See them as a combination of different ways in which I will deal the situation depending on how it comes mm -hmm. Alright? So when you talk of the mighty men, yes. you're also talking about corporate anointing uh -huh. or corporate capacity. Yes. When we sit as TCC and say, what is the corporate anointing here? Yes. Power to create wealth. So, what so, is the corporate yeah. capacity? Yeah, so now where, where we go into is good you raise the corporate capacity. Yes. Is that now we've looked at some of them as individuals. Now let's look at another set, I would call it a set, mm. of mm. mighty men who are mentioned in corporate groups. Mm -hmm. Yes. They are no longer mentioned as individuals, but they are mentioned strangely as tribes. Yet, they are still under the same banner of mighty men. Meaning, there is what you can call an individual anointing that you carry as a person and move with. But there's something that can be found in a company of people. Mm. A corporate anointing, which means everybody is functional. That's why when we say keep the conversations yes. of God going, this is corporate capacity. Yes. When we say let's keep the conversations of God going, and we are talking about God is opening the nations for us like yes. right now, yes. we are discussing what God is doing in the nation. Corporately, yes. Yes. we are sitting together to discuss that. Yep. As we are doing that, I'm tapping into your grace, and yes. you're tapping into my grace, I'm tapping into your yes. grace. Yes, and there's a grace that now rubs off, and everybody yes. begins to function like that. Mm -hmm. And you see... Uh, this particular group, why we're going to group them in, in tribes is because even though they are listed, the lists are too long. Every tribe is mentioned and then from that tribe the mighty men are listed. We won't go into their list, we'll go into their function, their ability. So we'll begin with a particular one in 1 Chronicles 12, verse 1 and 2. Now these were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men helpers in the war armed with balls using both right hand and the left in, uh, in hurling stones and shooting arrows with the, with the bow. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. Yes, so we can call them the Benjaminites. Benjaminites. Benjaminites, from the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. It's funny that the, the description is very specific. It says that they use their left hand and the right. and the right hand. It also says that they were good with the bow and arrow and hurling stones. Now that's a very strange skill to have. The ability to shoot a bow with your right and your left hand. Mm. Meaning, the term is called ambidexterity. Mm. You're ambidextrous. Or again, should we say, the Melchizedek order. King, priest. King, priest. The ability to operate with both sides. Two realms of function at the same time. These guys can operate seamlessly in the supernatural and the natural. Seamlessly in the spirit hmm. and in the physical. Seamlessly in the vine and the fig tree. That's the Benjaminites. Now, there are some symbolisms that come out of the bow and arrow that are very, very significant. Okay. Why are they discussed in the context of bows and arrows and then hurling stones? Mm -hmm. In both contexts, they can use two hands. So imagine guys who can hurl stones with two hands. <laughs> but please understand in scripture, hurling stones is not the way we hurl stones. <laughs> Think of David as a sling. That's how they used to hurl stones, which means they can <laughs> swing it this way and they can swing it this way wow. and still get you. And still get the target. Yes. Wow. Now, bows and arrows symbolize spiritual activity. Stones symbolize physical activity. Mm. And you understand the two dynamics. Now, the, what is powerful first spiritually about a bow and a arrow? It's one of the things that when you use, you hit targets a long way off. But when you're hitting the targets, usually, if you watch the war with bows, the arrows come from up, down. See, we think that in bow and arrows, people shot at each other at a target close. No. The archers would shoot into the air, and the arrows would come and land and kill people. So it, it means the attack comes from a heavenly realm. 
the ability to decree, the ability to speak, the ability to speak faith, to declare things, to speak into the future accurately from what you've heard from God. That's about the arrow. Alright? Prophetic accuracy. Prayer falls into that realm. Alright? But, let's look at some symbols. What is the source of that prayer? Mm-hmm. What uh, determines how that decree is made? Mm-hmm. What, uh, where does it start? Think of a, a, an, an archer. What does he do when he has a bow? He pulls the bow mm-hmm. straight back with an arrow. But look, the arrow really, the place where he stops is at his ear. Very interesting. His hand is at the ear before he releases, which is a picture of hearing of a word. Mm. Right? But the ear and the arrow are on the same line as the eye mm. for hitting the target. Mm. What does that tell you? It tells you that not only have you heard what God has said, said you've seen it. Mm. And because you've seen it, your hands release the arrow. You act on it. Mm. So the picture of a bowman is a powerful picture of the reality of accuracy based on a hearing. So you shall hear, you see, you do. Mm. And that's how the victory comes. So we see the outcome, but the outcome, the person who is seeing the outcome did not see the hearing, Mm. did not see the seeing, did not see the doing. Mm. They only saw, if it was an animal, they only saw the animal fall. Mm. And they saw an arrow, but they don't know the source of the arrow. And what it takes, it takes time to learn how to hit like that. Oh, yes. It takes time to get that accuracy right, to know what length of bow to pull, mm. to know where to point, to know how to listen to the wind and know which way it will go than arrow, and to be able to hit the target at a specific spot at a specific time, even though it could be a moving target. Mm. All those are pictures of being so accurate, you're not teaching. Listen, the bowman is not listening to you. Mm-hmm. There's a word he has heard. There's a way he's operating. And there's a way when he says he can see. Yes. There's always, of course, one eye closed. What yes. does that mean? Talks about singular sight. Yes. You cannot uh, release yes. the arrow with both eyes open. Nope. Why? It's a picture of once you close one eye, you're saying, yes. I have singular sight. Exactly. I have already heard what God has said. I yes. have already seen the destination yes. and my sight is on the destination. Exactly. I do not have two eyes, meaning yes. I do not have one eye on the destination yes. and another one in the world or around me to see nope. in my environment what's happening. Once I engage yes. on that word, yep. singular sight. And when you watch a, a, a master archer hunting, there's so many things that come into play. Mm. There's a positioning. They'll tell you he has to be downwind of the animal. Be not upwind because the animal can smell him. Mm. He has to, he does not have many opportunities to release the arrow. The time he releases the arrow is not the time it hits the target. Oh, yes. So he has to calculate that by the time the arrow leaves the bow and hits the target, the target will be at the right point. So sometimes he's shooting at nothing. Mm. Let me say that. But he knows. If he's shooting a moving target, <laughs> where he's aiming, there is nothing. <laughs> but he has released the arrow already. So, God has said you're in the season <laughs> to experience his power. Sometimes you're stepping out yes. and you're saying that I'm starting this business. When you look around, you ask yourself, okay, where are the clients? Yes. How will I sell this? <laughs> you know what? The, uh, the, the animal is not there yet. Yes, but, release the, but in the arrow. spirit he has seen it. <laughs> Sometimes if he shoots in the bushes, if he's a master hunter, by the shaking of the bush, he knows, he knows the size of the animal, the height of the animal, mm. and where to send the arrow. Listen to that accuracy. Yes. This is not an ignorant man. Nope. So the kind of thing we are talking about in this season yes. is not for the ignorant. Nope. These are people who are saying that once I hear that word, as I release that word, yes. well, the authority that goes with that word, it's so accurate, it will hit the target. Exactly. I'm so sure. And I yes. love what you've just said, that when he releases the, the arrow, yes. the animal is not yet on, nope. uh, in sight. Nope. It moves into target mm. after the arrow. When you move, the things God is asking you to do will move into target. If when you listen, move, when you trust him, it will move into target. Listen, if the animal is running and he shoots when it's at the target point, he's missing. You're waiting to see. You're waiting to see that what is God telling us? I want to see so that I can move. I want to see so that I can do. I want to see. God is telling you, my friend, here we walk by accuracy. You know what the, the hunter will tell you? I have heard. I know that sound. I know how fast it is moving. 
let me shoot here. So it is about accuracy of heart, yes. not accuracy of sight. Simple. We don't walk by sight, Simple. we walk by faith. And what is faith here? My heart is so connected to God yes. that when I hear him, I release the arrow. I exactly. know the animal will come. I know it will have the target. There's a story told in Second Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 20. You can go read it. Elisha is about to die. He's sick. And the Josh, the king, comes to him mm -hmm. and makes a very strange declaration. The, the same declaration Elisha makes before Elijah is taken yeah. away. So that gives you a picture that the issue of chariots of Israel has to do with transitions. Hmm. Okay? That one I gave you for free. The <laughs> focus point is this. Is that when he comes, Elisha tells him, very good, bring me a bow and your arrow. And tells him, shoot an arrow out of the window. And he shoots. Because that time he's saying how they are being attacked by the Syrians. Then Elisha tells him, knock the arrows you're holding in your hands three times. Uh, knock it on the ground. He doesn't tell him how many times. Mm -hmm. He knocks it three times. Elisha is angry. Elisha said, had you knocked it five or six times, the enemies will be wiped out completely. But because you knocked it three times, you will only have three victories over them. Now let me explain what is the picture here. It is proof that a bow and an arrow is a prophetic picture of future victory. That's a focal point. Yes. If you accurately position it in the spirit and release it right, at the point of release, nothing has happened to you. But its point of impact is where the result is. That's the power of that. So when we say these Benjaminites were good at doing this with their right and their left, it simply means you meet these guys in decree, in prayer, in spiritual activity, functional. You could even mistake them and tell them they should focus and be Levites. <laughs> because they're because of they're the intensity. That, right? yes. The intensity there. Hmm. But when you meet these guys functioning and doing things out there, you'll believe they're secular. Hmm. They have the ability to draw arrows right and left hand. They have the ability to hurl stones right and left. Now, hurling of stones, I think by now we all know. David and Goliath. Mm. The principle of hitting a target in the natural realm, taking action. David came from a very strange position. He had already dealt with, with the picture of the external structure. How had he dealt with it in this way? Who is this uncircumcised? Philistine. Meaning, David has dealt with the spiritual. I have a covenant with God. In fact, if you want to know, you've had us discuss it before, David asks a strange question, what shall be given, given to, the one. to the one who kills his giant? Meaning, David has solved the boy on the other side. He's done with the spiritual issues. Now it's a matter of execution. Yes. So that's when he goes towards the giant, picks stone, hits him. Meaning, you must be able to, when it is time, to engage in the physical. Use your right and your left hand. Mm. Use your every ability you have. Yes. Function from both sides. Be creative and yet be logical. Mm. Do everything that is needed to bring to pass the activity needed for you in that window. Mm. So, if you're a Benjaminite, yes. it means, remember we said before, do not focus on one side. Mm. Your spiritual side, powerful, functional, spiritual, clarity. Your physical side, just as much. That's what you need to engage. That's because what you need to engage. Because half the time, yes. we are so well-versed yes. in the spiritual. Yep. Now it's a matter of, wait a minute. Yes. We now engage in the natural. And in the natural, ah. we have a habit. Yes. I'm waiting on God. <laughs> Stop. Do. 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 If you have the word, yes. don't use that statement. Yes. I'm waiting on God. No, 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 no. He's waiting on you because Simple. his word is ready. And remember what you said. He knows. The minute I spoke to you, I told you, once you enter this, the land, there's a harvest. Now, you can't say, I'm waiting on God, and God is telling you, the harvest is ready. Listen. Move. Listen. In Deuteronomy 8, 18, when God is telling them to enter the land that he's giving them, and he's talking about how they will prosper and increase, they were 40 years late. Of that. So the prosperity was that, already waiting. That promise was given mm, to their fathers 40 mm. years ago. The land waited for 40 mm. years. So don't say you're waiting on God. The land is waiting on you. Mm, God has already done his part. He's already told you. Yes. The minute, I, the, when I'm giving you the word, yes. is because everything is ready. 40 everything years ago, is ready. they brought proof from the oh. land. 40 years ago, they brought fruits from the land. 
40 years ago, they said the land is as it is. 40 years later, God is saying, go and take it. You can't tell God you're waiting on him. Benjamin, Benjaminites. Yes. People who can say, listen, yeah. if the... If it's coming from this side, I will execute. If it comes from this other side, I will, I will execute. I am not sitting here and saying, I do not know how to do it from the left yes. or the right. I'm yes. sitting here and saying, listen, no matter which side I'm sent, yes. I am going. When, when Noah came out of the ark, yeah. he did not say, listen, I only know how to do the uh, woodwork. Me, I only know woodwork. Me, I'm a woodwork guy. Don't tell me about these things. Mm. Listen, God says, you know, remember the trees you used to chop? Now grow them. Now, <laughs> now grow them. Now grow them. <laughs> Different dynamics. Let's talk about the yes. Gadites. The Gadites. The next set, I call them the Gadites, and they are found in 1 Chronicles 12.8. Some Gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty men of Vela, men trained for battle, who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. I love these guys. The guys from Gad. You know? It's like, yes, like the way we, we, we pronounce Gad. The Gadites. the Gadites. Now, one thing you notice that each group is mentioned in a location to tell you this was a major journey. Mm -hmm. We look at the Benjaminites, we find them in Ziklag. Mm. The other people you find in Adulam. The other people you find in the stronghold in the wilderness. Meaning the mighty men were not just because, they were not just mighty because of Hebron. They were mighty because they had different aspects of David's journey. They brought their capacity. So by the time they are all congregating, these guys have experiences. These guys are not coming now to, at Hebron is not why they're coming to showcase. At Hebron, they're already known hmm. for what they do. Yes. So the guardians are known for handling shield and spear in war. Do you know that doesn't make sense? In war, how wise is it to run with a shield and a spear? <laughs> Normally it's a spear, a sword, and a shield, right? Hmm. But these guys have spear and shield in war. That's unconventional warfare. Mm. Very unconventional. So what, the, how, what are the pictures? Now, we all know already that a shield stands for authority, right? Rulership. The spear. Uh, the, 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 the spear. Mm -hmm. What does a shield stand for? Faith. These guys are masters of faith and authority. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means no matter how high their authority rises, they never forget their source and where they came from. Unshakable belief in God. No matter how great things open up, mm. no matter how much power they get into, it is balanced by the shield. You never forget yes. that it is God who is doing all exactly. this. And what does that mean? I have unshakable belief. Yes. I know that's a statement we've used in TCC. Yes. And I know anyone who wants to define faith, yes. you find it so easy to say, wait, just say unshakable belief in God. Yeah. I have unshakable belief in God, even yes. though things are working, yes. even though I'm able to bring down giants, mm. even when I'm able to bring, I never I look at it as my own faith. I look faith in myself or yes. my shield or my spear. Yeah. No, my faith yeah. is on God. So the shield tells you every time they move, and here's the picture, mm. they have the faces of lions and are swift as gazelles. What okay. are we saying? Okay. And not just any gazelles. Again, Mountain. gazelles on mountains. You know, the Bible sometimes uses metaphors that are interesting. <laughs> you know, we know goats on mountains. We don't know gazelles on mountains. Mm -hmm. So how do you move swiftly on mountains? Mm. That's not even logical. The picture is this. Swiftness is gazelles. means they have alacrity. They are quick to obey. Face of lions, they are bold. Mm. They cannot be stopped when they are moving forward. Yes. So remember, they have shield, which means they hold a shield. Mm -hmm. They have a spear. Yes. They move at speed on mountains. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that's a good thing for an artist right there. Yes. That, that's a superhero right there. Mm -hmm. They have faith in God. It gives them boldness to step into hmm. opportunities oh, yes. swiftly. Hmm. They do not wait to waste time. Opportunity, they do it. On mountains, meaning even the opportunities they chase are not small. Oh, yes. I was going to say that. Why on mountains? <laughs> not on a plane. Where everybody else no, is. Not where things no, no, are no, easy. no, on the mountains. And exactly. like you're saying, yeah. as you go up the mountain, yes. the weather changes. Exactly. The air thins out. Yes. Yet you're so moving who, swiftly up who there. is this person yeah. who is able to breathe comfortably, carrying yes. a shield and spear yes. on the mountain? So these guys have capacity. These guys have their faith intact. These guys move swiftly. They do not waste opportunities. They see challenges, they move. They, move. they see situations, they move. They see opportunities, they jump in. And they are always on mountains. Mm. 
That's why they have a shield to keep them balanced because they are always successful. Mm, always going They are up. moving on higher dynamics. Yes. That is the Gadites. Mm. They are the top mm. of their game in wow. evolution. Wow. They are always successful. They are always ahead. They are always the guys who make it. Yet, their faith is intact mm. even though they have authority. And if you thrive in the mountains, yes. it means internally you are well set. You are well set. Because to breathe up the mountain, yes. you need to have exercised. You don't just decide this morning, I'm going up Mount Kenya or Mount yes. Kilimanjaro. No, you need to make sure your internal yep. is well set. So when That's you talk true. about internal government, these yes. are guys who can tell you, listen, nobody watches over me. Yeah. In the mountains, I am going up, I'm climbing yes. because I know internally I am set. As I pursue that business, as I pursue that opportunity, yes. I know I'm on the mountains. Yeah. I can breathe I have because I know. I know, listen, I am authorized mm. to do this. Mm. This is God's power giving me to go. Yet, as I do, I am so successful that I have a spear, meaning, authority, title, capacity, everybody can see it. I'm on a mountain. I'm visible. Yes. My success is clear. Mm. It is tangible. It can be seen. Yet, I move swiftly in that environment that normal people struggle with. Oh, yes. I don't struggle with increase. I don't struggle that great things are happening. Mm. I don't struggle with that. But you know what? I never let go of my shield. Oh yes, and as I go up the mountain, yes. I'm on rocky ground. There you go. I'm on this place where I say the rock that I stand on yes. is my strength. As go. I go up the mountain, I ask myself, where do I anchor my yes. faith? My faith is in He who have opened up this opportunity. I do not shift my gaze yep. into the opportunity. Yep. I do not allow things around me to take up. You know, remember what you said yeah. about last uh, last yes. conversation. Yes. I'm not swept away. No, so easily. I'm not so tired. I'm on a road ground up the mountain. These guys are amazing. So if you look at these characteristics we're talking about, this is what we call the power to produce wealth. Yes. The power to create wealth. And then the biggest question is, are you ready to carry out your own exploits? Mm. You know, the reason we are sharing this is with you is because we are convinced this capacity is already existing here. We are convinced we just needed to activate them. We, we believe we are living in the season where that reality, these different characteristics will become you. If I was you, I would go back and listen to them and identify with them. Yes. Turn it to become your natural way of operating. This is why we are doing what we are doing. Well, we've talked about power to create wealth and now we are saying of course, we've tasted our barley oh, because yeah. we're in the land yes. and we've entered the land in a season of harvest. Yes. What does that mean? We're in a season where things will just manifest in your life so yeah. easily, not because you planted, but you're walking in when God is telling you somebody else did. You will yeah. enjoy a harvest that you did not plant. Yes. But you know what? You have to be connected to your vine so that your fig tree may blossom. Exactly. This is our point where we say keep it kingdom. Keep it pure. Keep it pure. And God bless you.